Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to the best music podcast ever? ever. Available on six platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. Hey everybody, welcome to When the Words Fail, Music Speaks, a podcast, and happy Halloween everybody. Woo! I'm your host, the Professional Handicapped, and I know my voice sounds like Scooter from the Muppets. And on the other end, you will hear my co-host, who is the loudest guy in the room, only when he's playing the drums. The podcast internet sensation, and quite possibly the sexiest voice over the internet, my friend oh. yours, Bruce Lee. Yo! What's going on, man? Oh... Uh. Just uh, getting in the uh, – oh, who am I kidding? I've been in the Halloween spirit ever yes. since uh, September 1st. Right. Uh, so uh, our house has been decorated since September 1st. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and uh, we are in full-blown Halloween mode, and um, it's almost here, man, this yeah. week. Yeah. But you know what's funny is, like, I won't be celebrating Halloween like I normally do with a party. Uh, right. I've actually – and this is music related. Um, so my church is having a, uh, like a youth retreat, I guess, or some type of youth event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've got some people from the worship team at church. That's, uh, going to be playing some music and, uh, we'll be doing that on Halloween. Oh, nice. So yeah. Um, which is typically not what happens to me, at least on Halloween, whenever, uh, I celebrated, but I thought that would be, it, it'll be different. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, me and Allie both, um, she sings at church, so we're both participating in it. And, uh, but, uh, starting like, it's like starting Friday night, right. like super late, uh, Saturday morning and then Saturday night. So oh, it's nice. like three I, different things back to back to back. So cool. That'd be awesome. Well, yeah. guess what I did? What's that? I was running away from Jason Voorhees, man. He's, he's tough, mm. man. I can't beat him. God. And you know what I do to get teleport? I believe it. Yeah, I know you do. Michael Myers yeah. can, too. God, I don't know. And I heard you were running away from the leprechaun. What's up with that? <laughs> did you Did you beat him? Uh, no. Um, I don't know who he, can, um, man. It, nobody can. Nobody can. And, you know, it was motivated <laughs> by greed um, because I just wanted a pot of gold. But, uh, you know, it, well, see, honestly... Well, of all those movies, I have to say that the best one has got to be, what is it, Leprechaun in the Hood? Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, well, why don't we ask Steve to come help you, and maybe he can, you know, after he rises back from the dead, because I think he dies in the movie. Spoiler alert. But, uh, oh. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. no. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that movie came out in the 90s, dude. If you haven't seen that movie, you know. And everybody is going to, everybody's flocking to watch Leprechaun in the Hood right now. (laughs) They are. They they should, (laughs) man. That movie is great. That movie is great, 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 great. great. Yeah. 
so what are we talking about today, man? Oh, well, so last week we did the, our episode on um, how, like, horror movies uh, and, um, you know, recognizable uh, film scores from how, from horror movies. Uh, but when we first started talking about this, doing an episode on this, we talked about Halloween music in general and just realized that there's so much and you can classify them so many different ways. So this is more of like family friendly Halloween songs that are very recognizable and memorable. And you can't go to any type of Halloween party or, uh, event without hearing these songs for sure. Right. Like without a doubt, you're going to hear these songs. So, uh, yeah, like that, that's, that's going to be fun. Some of these songs really hit home for me and, uh, are in some of my favorite movies. And, uh, this is, this is going to be fun. Right. So why don't we start out with Monster Mash? I think that's if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Monster Mash is a 1962 novelty song by Bobby Boris Pickett. Uh, the song was released on a single on Gary S. Paxson's Garpax record label in August 1962, along with the four-length LP called the original Monster Mash, which contains several other Monster Mash-themed tunes. The Monster Mash single was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart on October 20th through the 27th of that year, uh, just before Halloween. Uh, it it has been a long time Halloween favorite ever since. So that's for that's sure. Cool. Yes. It, I mean, it, I mean, if you got to every time Halloween rolls around, you got to play that song at least one time. Oh yeah, Monster Mash is just it's so good. Right. Pickett was it was an inspiring actor who sang with the band called the Cordells at night. Uh, while going to auditions during the day, one night he while performing with his band. Pickett did a monologue of it, imitating of a horror movie actor, uh, Boris Karloff, which performed the Diamonds' "Little Darling" and audience, and the audience loved it. The uh, fellow band member Lenny Capizzi encouraged Pickett to do more uh, with with the Karloff imitation. Uh, Pickett and Capizzi composed Monster Mash and recorded it with Gary S. Paxton, pianist Leon Russell, Jonathan McCray, Ricky Page, and Terry Berg, crediting it as the Crypt Crypt Keepers. Mel Taylor, drummer uh, for the Ventures, is sometimes credited with playing on the record as well. Uh, while Russell, who arrived late for the session, appears on the single, the single B side, "Mad Mad Monster Monster Mash Party." Uh, the song was partially inspired by Paxton's earlier hit, earlier novel to hit "Aliu," as well as the mashed potato dance craze of the era. A variation of the mashed potatoes uh, was danced to Monster Mash. In, in which the footwork was the same, but Frankenstein's style monster gestures were made with arms and hands. Uh, the producers made an extensive use of the Foley art for the recording. The sound of the coffin opening was imitated by a rusty nail being pulled out of a board. The sound of the cauldron bubbling was simulated by water being bubbled through a straw, and the chains rattling were a simple chains being 
dropped on the tile floor. I so, love that kind of stuff. Like right. Foley art yeah. is just it's so cool to me. Like I love watching uh like how movies were made and like how they created certain sounds. Right. Um there's a there's a really good documentary on Disney Plus about the making of Frozen Two and there they talk about like the Foley art in right. that and uh all the different sounds they used and different effects. It just it's it's crazy to me because sometimes, especially with horror movies and then like things like this, you're trying to create something like for horror movies, you know, it might be something gross, like like stabbing noises or like blood gushing or whatever and like just the the things they use and it's I don't know. I just I love that kind of stuff. I always thought it was like an actual coffin opening. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that it was a nail. Just a nail. Yeah. yeah, just getting pulled out of the ward. That's yeah. so cool. And the cauldrons and the shit. I, man, I thought, oh, I, yeah. man, I thought that was the real deal, you know. For sure. But it's, but it's interesting to know this because in movies, they do it all the time. If they can't get the sound right, they have mm-hmm. to go to the, to the uh, playroom is what I call it. Because like, you have right. a big old room with all kinds of stuff lying on the floor. Yeah. They hired two... Two people to 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 make these sounds come come alive. So that's, it's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the cotton the song has been covered by mil, millions of people. Uh, For but, sure. But this week we we, we want to know we we want to give you the uh, some bands that we th- we think you, that you should listen to. Um, yes. Covered that song. So one of them is the Beach Boys, and I never thought that they would do this song, but apparently they yeah. did. You know, and there and it's a live, uh, a okay. live cover of it. So I don't think it was ever recorded in a studio, but there's a you know there's live recordings of of them playing the Monster Mash, and uh, pretty cool. Cool, cool. Another one is Bad Manners. It's a U.S. Uh, it's a U.K. ska band, which is mm-hmm. always good. Music yes. is all good. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks, man. I oh, remember yeah. that. Man, that's that's killing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my all-time favorite uh, uh, guitarists is Buckethead, and he did it with yes. Booty Collins. Mm-hmm. And our favorite favorite punk band, Misfits, did it twice. Um, twice. I know yes. that you <laughs> that you stated at before on the last episode, but can you give the, give our listeners the, the rundown on that? Yeah, so in in like 1997, I believe uh, the Misfits had recorded a uh, a cover of Monster Mash for a movie that was coming out, like a cartoon. I think it's uh, called Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster Party, and uh, and it was you know it was released on the soundtrack for that movie, and then uh, as like a B side on some of their uh, releases. Um, but then they re-recorded it. Uh, if you listen to the nineteen, the late nineties version of it, you can hear. You know, Jerry only does the main vocals in it. It's even though Michael Graves was still in the band, Jerry only does the main vocals for that song. Um, and you can hear Michael Graves doing harmonies and things in the background and like the wow right. type stuff, yeah. like in the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like and, a doo-wop uh, Right. Yeah. And so whenever the Misfits came out with Project 1950, just a little, you know, uh, cover album that they did all these songs from the 50s, um, of course, they've got to re-record, do their uh, new version of Monster Mash. So I like this one better, Mm. I think, because it's just the quality sounds a lot better. The drums are more even though I love Dr. Chud and like what he did for that band 
uh, like I mentioned before, I think it was Robo that went back and did the drums for the new version of Monster Mash, and mm. the drums just sound so much better to me. Right. Um, it's a little faster, a little bit more hardcore, but it's uh, it's mm. so good. Well, I hope we can agree to disagree on this because I love the, the absolutely I love not. The one. <laughs> this is <What>? America, <laughs> and I will tell you my opinion, and that's the only opinion that matters. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no man, because uh, um, I love the one with the Michael Graves because that sounds kind of kind of old old style, you mm-hmm. know, because it wasn't recorded very well. Um, right. And they just give it that old monster feeling, you know, because yeah, lately, I mean, I mean, early monster movies are and the black and white films, you know, nineteen. 40s, yeah. 50s, you know, you know, back, back in the day. So right. I saw, I saw. I really think they 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 captured that that whole essence of the of the of the monster mash in that one song. Yeah, you know. So it's a good song though. You know, I mean, yeah, don't get me sure. wrong. The new version is kick it is killer too. You yeah. know, don't get me wrong. But I just like the like like the one that they did for Mad Monster Party a little bit better. You know. Yeah. So so that's my opinion. Well, cool. <laughs> yeah. In your opinion, and wrong. I'm just playing. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, would you like me to take the next one here? Of course. Okay. So, I put a spell on you. Mm. Has been around for a long time. Long time. Uh, but the the version that we're going to talk about today is the Hocus Pocus version of it because uh, we were talking briefly. Yeah, the song has been around since the 50s, but. I don't think it was ever officially called or associated with Halloween parties and music until Hocus Pocus came out. And it's like it brought new life to that song and uh, people love it. And like so when people want to hear that song, yeah, they'll listen to the original. But people really want to listen to Bette Midler's uh, version of that for sure. Yes. So I Put a Spell on You is a 1956 song written and composed by... Screamin' Jay Hawkins, um, yeah. whose own re- uh, whose own recording of it was selected as one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's uh, 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. That what an incredible honor to have. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wow. Um, so the song became a classic cult song. Um, you know, I feel like the way that they worded that when I copied this from the article is not the not a classic cult song. No, like, it's not. <laughs> there's not like it's not like Jones. It's not like the Jonestown uh, people were like listening to this song. Right, right. A cult classic is probably how that should have been worded. So this, I'm gonna re, I'm a redo this article. The song became a cult classic. There you go. Uh, covered by a variety <laughs> of artists and was, uh, and it was his greatest commercial success. Mm. Uh, repeatedly surpa- surpassing a million copies in sales, even though it failed to make the the Billboard Pop or R and B charts. Um, so Hawkins had originally intended to record "I Put a Spell on You" as a quote refined love song and a blues ballad. However, the producer Arnold Maxson uh, he brought in ribs and chicken and got everybody drunk. And we came out with this weird version. <laughs> I don't even. He says I don't even remember making the record. Um, before I was before I was just a normal blues singer. I was I was just Jay Hawkins. It all sort of fell into place. I found out that I could do more destroying a song and screaming it to death. <laughs> Man, so funny. They just had a bunch of chicken and got drunk, and then we have this song. Right. Which I love the original one. I absolutely love the original version of it. Oh yeah. Um, Screaming Jay Hawkins had such a unique voice, and it was so raspy and powerful, and uh, just the way that he it did it. Just I love it. 
Um, but again, like that's not the main one we're talking about today. So it's been covered by a number of artists such as Nina Simone, Credence Clearwater Revival did a, yes, a cover of it, Marilyn Manson, uh-huh. um, and even Chaka Khan. Uh, but the version that has been noted as the most memorable will definitely be Bette Midler's until the end of the time. Right. Uh, until the end of time. Uh, so, but it was for the 1993 release of Hocus Pocus. Have you ever seen that movie? What? You, you, of course, I, everybody has. <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. Well, yeah, sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, one of my sisters yeah, yeah. Uh, has said that she had never seen it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and Allie love it. Just, you know, I mean, I was a 90s kid. So obviously, Hocus Pocus was like a staple mm-hmm. of, you know, great, not only movies from the 90s, but especially Halloween movies. So we were like, oh my God, you got to watch Hocus Pocus. So we watched it and she didn't get it. My niece, 10 years old, didn't 11 get years old, didn't, didn't get, get it. it. And we're just sitting like, what? How do you not love this movie? Right. And, um, and, it, and especially whenever they sing. Uh, put a spell on you that just it makes it so much better so but you know they it's like if you haven't seen the movie if you're somehow under a rock so premise of the whole movie (laughs) is these witches have been dead for 300 years uh they were summoned by accident uh they they return on halloween night right um they want to suck the souls and the lives out of children so they can live forever so they, uh, they're they going about town. They're chasing after this group of kids, and they go to this Halloween party, and people just think that they're dressed up as the three witches that died 300 years ago. Well, they hop up on stage, and like one of the ways that they put people in trances and use their spells is by singing. So Bette Midler gets up there, and she starts singing this version of I Put a Spell on You, and it's a lot faster and way more upbeat than screaming jay hawkins version of it right but puts the whole town um in a in a trance and like has all the parents dance all night long so they can't like be out uh watching over their kids and this and that other so but the song their version of it is so good and it's different the the words are different to match more of the story of what's happening in in the movie but uh the uh that version just people just love it so much um and it really I think it did a lot for the, you know, in the same way that Screaming Jay Hawkins might not have seen as the type of success he was hoping for with this. Hocus Pocus wasn't a big hit when it cre- when it came out in 93. No, it didn't. But over time, it has developed this cult following. And uh, you've got people like me and Allie who love it. And, um, you know, we and we go to Disney World um, quite a bit. So we you know around halloween they do all kind of stuff with the sanderson sisters from hocus pocus and um i remember on our uh honeymoon we went to disney world um and it was at magic kingdom we stayed for the mickey's not so scary halloween party so it's it's after the park closes um they have halloween themed rides they kind of do like halloween overlays or whatever or they do rides in the dark or whatever uh, but they have this big party and um, one of the things that they do is outside in front of the castle, they have the Sanderson sisters put on a concert with all the Disney villains dressed up in characters. <laughs> wow. So we were like looking forward to that. And it rained and it got delayed and it was raining and they delayed it again. And finally, they had to cancel the, the concert because of the uh-huh. rain. But they did. 
even though it was kind of sprinkling a little bit, they had the Sanderson sisters come out and at least do I put a spell on you. Now, was it the, um, was it the original sisters? Gosh, I wish, man. Oh, man. That would have been yeah, cool. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But, uh, you know, they it was it was characters, but, you know, they did a good job. The girl that sang Bette Midler's part sounded just like her. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and this, the, the show was great. They still brought out the Disney villains, and it was cool, and mm. she, like introduced every single one and Hmm. um but uh just so fun and um so that especially with disney how disney and halloween i put a spell on you is used for all kind of things um so like i just mentioned before they do a a halloween party at magic kingdom at disney world Hmm. um and you can hear not only the concert but you can hear a pop version of the song uh during the exit of the hallowishes uh fireworks show um this that uh due to the more family friendly (laughs) theme of uh a disney party you know for a lot of kids running around right the line there's hell to pay like in the original version is changed to there's heck to pay um yeah yeah. that that, that makes sense i mean you know right and also during now this is in disneyland so i've never been i'm not sure what this is like disneyland in california right Right, that's okay. in California. Okay. Um, so during Hall ha- Halloween, H O U L, um, at Cars Land, uh, the sunset neon lighting ceremonies that normally c- recreate the shaboom scene from the Cars films, mm-hmm. um, they are interrupted. <laughs> I love this type of stuff. Interrupted by technical glitches mm-hmm. that cause the original recording of "I put on I put a spell on you" to be played. So they play that. Uh, um, Sanderson sisters version, um, as opposed to this like remixed pop version that they have, they play for a lot of things at the parks, but, uh, right. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. it, so it, it's just, it's been a, it's been a huge part of Halloween ever since Hocus yeah. Pocus came out. And, uh, especially for people like me and my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, that's that, that movie is so pivotal in, 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 existence right now because I, I went mm-hmm. to a, I went to a comic convention and I met, well, I got to see, uh, Kathy Najimi, which played one of the Sanderson sisters. No way. Yeah, she cool. was there, uh, but I didn't get a picture with her. I should have, but uh, but I didn't. Um, and you know what? Like she's she she is such a great actress. Um, yeah. So you know we we me and my wife love Disney stuff. So like we've got Disney Plus, and they had the Halloween collection on there, and we're scrolling through, and they have old Disney Channel original movies that we used to watch when we were kids. And we came across this one movie called Scream Team that I was like, do you remember a movie called Scream Team? And she said, no. I was like, I don't either. Like, I, <laughs> I just don't remember seeing that whenever I was a kid. Right. And so I think it came out like 2002, which I was still watching those movies then. So I, I, I don't know. And uh, but we watched it and she's in that and she plays a ghost. Right. And it's re- it's actually really funny. Huh. Like we were laughing and we're almost 30. Right. So well, yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, because um, yeah. um, when I was leaving, the, the, you know, the, the the little conference room she was in, mm-hmm. I passed three ladies dressed up exactly like the Sanderson sisters from the yeah. movie. It's crazy, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, so and, we went to Disney at the beginning of this month, and you would not believe the people that dress up as the Sanderson sisters yeah, right. uh, it just in costume, just walking around. And oh yeah, they have like yeah. masks and things like that. It's, yeah. it's it's pretty wild. And are you ready for me to blow your mind? 
please always okay, okay so I'm, I'm i'm on imdb.com you know where the movies you know where mm-hmm. you can get okay so hocus pocus 2 is in pre-production so it is coming out yes it is coming out so, yeah, and it's going to star gonna be, uh, all of the uh, original cast. Yeah, they're coming back. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I think it's going to be a Disney Plus. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, release. So that'll be that'll be cool. Yeah. Well, I well I would I would imagine so because you really can't see movies now, can you? Cause, cause you can't I go that, see movies right I heard now. Yeah. Regal's close and AMC's bringing out theaters for ninety nine bucks. Wow. So if you want to throw a movie party, go to AMC. You know, they'll take yeah, care of your sure. bucks. You know, you can't beat that, man, because they, they're hurting for money, I think, and that's why they're doing right. this, you know, to get money, money back. Right. So, uh, speaking of Halloween, uh, this is my favorite movie of all time, Disney movies. Uh, we're going to talk about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Woo! Yes. Yeah, this is a good one. Oh, my God, this, uh, this song is so good. It's, this is Halloween. Yeah, man. So, this is Halloween... From uh, is a song from the 1993 movie Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, with music and lyrics written by Danny Elfman. Um, in the film, it is performed by the residents of the fictional Halloween Town. It's not fictional; it's real. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is the film's main setting and introduces the, the town's Halloween-centered lifestyle. The song is featured in both. Hello Wishes and, and at the Magic Kingdom. I Wishes at the Magic Kingdom and at Disney's Land Halloween Screens. In Calgary Park, it is featured in the Haunted Mansion. It is also used as a background music for Halloween Town World and the video game Kingdom Hearts. Have you ever played Kingdom Hearts? I played two, not three. Um, okay. So did you? Um, I kind of remember you... that one. I don't know. Yeah, so mm-hmm. in uh, in the first, I think that they have like a a house. So the the whole premise of Kingdom Hearts, you know, there's this there's this kid that's been on this island or whatever, and uh, he kind of gets like sent to a different world and then like another time, and it, it's kind of strange. The backstory is very complicated, but yeah. anyway, huh. it involves you know, Disney characters for those of you who don't know. Right. So he like teams up with Donald and goofy and they, you know, they have all these adventures together, but they go to different like movies and worlds and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like Aladdin and Hercules and all these things. Well, in the first game, they go to Halloween town. So you're like fighting alongside, uh, Jack Skellington Uh and, um, (laughs) And then, then the second one, they actually return to Halloween Town for a little bit as one of the levels, and uh, there's like another, you know, big big fight sequence. Uh, but you like get to experience, you go to Halloween Town, but you also get to go to Christmas Town, and right. um, yeah. you know, it's just it's fun. But like they they do, it's cool because like you know they they're gonna they're playing this is Halloween as like the background music noise the whole time you're in Halloween Town. Yeah. Which is great. But I, if I remember correctly, when you go to Christmas Town, they like change the key, I think, to a major instead of a minor. Oh, to make it more happy, like, you know. Make yeah. it sound happier, yeah. Right, right. And more Christmas themed. They add in the jingle bells. If I remember correctly, I think that's what, what they did for that game. So that's right. pretty neat. So, differently from the mass majority of the Disney movies, in several countries, The Nightmare Before Christmas was only released with subtitles. Since the movie originally was originally thought it'd be too dark and scary for kids, which is fair, because uh, oh yeah, you know. So, 
And it, it does have some really creepy looking characters in it that I can see kids getting scared about. So right. However, some countries did did record re-record the song anyway, along with the whole movie in other languages. So yeah. Uh, the only well, the thought that it would be too scary for kids was there's like ghosts and vampires and you know stuff like that. And there's right. instances where, where Jack Skellington, in the main the main character takes off his head and rolls around his body. It's, it's, it's great, man. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, so some of the notable covers of this of this of this um uh, of song uh, this is Halloween is my favorite song from my, my favorite artist that did this song is Marilyn Manson. Yeah, he killed it in that one. Yeah, he did. It's good. It's a good cover for and, sure. And. Uh, and you can find that song on the uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. So make sure you yeah. check that out. Mm-hmm. Panic at the Disco did it, and Broken mm-hmm. Peach, who is on YouTube, also covered it. Yeah. So I'm not yeah, familiar so, with Broken Peach. So. Yeah, Broken Peach. <clears throat> that you know, like I, I saw it when Halloween comes around. I see this video shared multiple times by different people. But it, you know, it, I, I think it came out a few years ago. But you know, they all kind of dress up as like skeleton uh, uh, skeletons and like they're all like playing these drums or whatever and uh, it's just really cool right yeah the visuals are great yeah cool um yeah so let's move on to Jeff's gonna love this oh yeah my Um, god yeah he loves it we should have had Jeff on just to do this part yeah just this (laughs) song um but uh the Ghostbusters scene right very notable uh another staple of Halloween music. Um, you're going to hear it at just about any party you go to or, or uh, any Halloween playlist radio you find on Pandora, Apple Music, or anything. It's going to pop up. Um, so Ghostbusters is a song written by Ray Parker Jr. as a theme to the film of the same name, obviously, uh, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Ernie Hudson. Debuting at number 68 on June 16th of 1984, the song reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 on August 11th of 1984, staying there for three weeks and at a number and a number two spot on the UK Singles Chart on September 16th of 1984, staying there for three weeks. According to Parker, he was approached by the film's producers uh, to create a theme song for the film, though he only had a few days to do so, and the film's title seemed impossible to include in any lyrics. <laughs> so, uh, you know, however, whenever he was watching television late at night, Parker saw a cheap commercial for a local service that reminded him that the film had a similar commercial featured uh, for the fictional business. Um, so this inspired him to write the song as an advertising jingle that the business could have com- that the business could have commissioned as as a promotion, um, and that makes a lot of sense. Like uh, listening to that song now, if you think of it as like a a jingle, right? Like it, it totally works as a jingle. Yeah. Um, when the theme song of Ghostbusters was released, though, here's some conflict. Huey Lewis sued Columbia Pictures and Ray Parker uh, Jr. for copyright infringement. Of course he did. Stating that Parker... Yeah, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> stating that Parker's song was too similar to Lewis's I Want a New Drug. Uh, before Parker was hired to do it, Lewis had been approached to compose the main song for the film, interestingly enough. Mm. Um, the three parter, the three parties settled out of court, and the details of the settlement, specifically that Columbia paid Lewis a settlement, remained con- excuse me, confidential until 2001. 
uh, whenever Lewis commented on the payment in an episode of uh, VH1's Behind the Music. Mm. Um, So that's about the main song. Now, when they released the sequel in 1989, a remixed version of Ghostbusters was recorded featuring a rap by Run DMC. Yes. Isn't that cool? That's so good. Um, So some notable covers of this one as well. Uh, Rasmus, which is a Finnish metal band, Mm -hmm. um, did a version of it. Michael Turtle. Uh, Fallout Boy and Missy Elliott. <laughs> uh, that that song is killer too, man. You gotta listen it to is. that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I know I, a lot of people that don't like that cover, but that's so good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. and I think they did it for the uh, the Ghostbusters, um, like the female led Ghostbusters movie. If I'm yeah, not yes, 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 yes. Um, and then also another version that's really good is Walk the Moon. Some of you, if you're not mm. familiar with who that band is, they did the song Shut Up and Dance. Okay. Um, so uh, they do a good cover of that. Yeah. It popped up on one of my shuffles of Halloween music one day on uh, HalloweenRadio.net. There you go. Um, we're not getting paid to advertise mm. for them. We were, dude, I wish we were too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so... Uh, that popped up and I was, and it's it's very close to the original so they did a great job um, um when you when, when you uh, uh mentioned Rasmus which is the Finnish metal band um yeah. instantly came to my mind that uh, another metal um band well, guy did this uh, um have you heard of um Leo from Frog Leap Studios I don't think so he's on um He's on YouTube. I I can't okay. pronounce his, his his last name because he's uh, he's from another um, country, but he sure. does every almost every cover song of every song you've ever heard. Oh, are you? And does he, did he have the, long hair? I think he did. One like time. in a ponytail or something. He's got like a really powerful, almost operatic type of voice. Mm, I'm not sure you're thinking about, 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 okay. about the guy I'm thinking about. But, okay. he, but, but, but he does an amazing cover of Ghostbusters. You need to go watch it. Like, after. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. It's so good, too. What? Uh, you said Leo from? He, um, his, uh, his little thing is called Frog Leap Studios. Frog Leap Studios. If you type okay. that in, and uh, you'll you'll see his picture. And he does, like, Thriller okay. and, and uh and he does other pop songs, metal songs. You know, okay. he turns into all the yeah. metal songs because he's a, yeah, of course he's a metal metal musician and he's a, like really, really um, famous too. Well, yeah, famous, I'm, I'm looking at him now. He, that's not who I was okay. thinking of, but yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, okay. Look up Ghostbusters by him. It's great. And cool. and and there's one thing about the uh that song that I really like. It's intro. You know, okay. But, uh, the the intro of the song. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Ghostbusters song now. Um, the, yeah. the Ghostbusters song's intro is so spooky. It, it kind of it, it, it kind of tells you what what the songs are gonna be about. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in in Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters. So. Yeah. Good song. Good song. Uh, oh, absolutely. The last song here uh, we're going to talk about is Thriller by Michael Woo! Jackson. Yes. So, uh, so good. It is. It is. So, Thriller is a monstrous single by Michael Jackson. <laughs> you look like what I did there. Oh, guys, see oh, what you did there. Oh. Monstrous. Monstrous. Yes. Wink, wink. Right. <laughs> I like what I'll you did be there. Here all week. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was released as a single by Epic Records on January twenty third, nineteen eighty four. I was four years old. 
as the seventh and final single from Michael Jackson's studio sixth album, Thriller. Thriller is a mix of post-disco and funk. The song was produced by Quincy Jones and was written by Rod Temperton, who wanted to, to write a theatrical song to suit Michael Jackson's love life on film. The music and lyrics invoke horror films, which sound with, with, with sound effects such as thunder, footsteps, and wind. It ends with a spooky word sequenced by... Uh, f- performed by horror actor Vincent Price. I've always wondered, wondered who who did that. Yeah, it's Vincent Price. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Thriller won a, a Grammy Award. Um, it is often cited as a pop culture phenomenon and Halloween anthem, of course. Mm-hmm. It appeared on several Michael Jackson's greatest hits albums and it has been covered by numerous artists. For sure. The Thriller music video was directed by by John Landis and premiered on MTV and on December second, nineteen eighty three. You would think that they, they, they would do it on in October instead of December, right? I know they were a little late to the game on that one. Yeah, but that's okay. Got some <laughs> monster hit, right? Oh, ah. Ah. okay. <laughs> so uh, Jackson became becomes a zombie. Spoiler alert. And performs and da- a da- a dance routine with the horde of the undead. Ooh. Many elements of the video have had a lasting impact on pop culture, such as the zombie dance and Jackson's red jacket. And it was the first music video inducted into the National Film Registry. You know, you've got a red jacket that looks very similar to the same uh, Thriller jacket. I do. Yeah, I've seen some videos of you. Oh, uh, you talking about my like super, red? You talking about my, my about my Superman jacket? Yeah, it yeah. kind of looks like the Thriller jacket a little bit. It kind of does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, it has been it has been named the greatest view of all time by various publications and readers' polls. Uh, Tiffany's first version was entitled "Starlight," with the chorus lyric, "Give me some starlight, starlight sun." Yeah. Uh, the production team led by Quincy Jones felt the song should have should be the title track, but the Starlight was not a strong album title. Instead, <laughs> they wanted something mysterious to match Michael's evolving persona. Temperton uh, considered several possible possible titles, including Midnight Man, which Jones felt like it was going in the right direction. Uh, Finally, he considered he conceived the thriller, but was worried that it was a crap word to sing. <laughs> it, it, it sounded terrible. No, okay. <laughs> However, uh, when we got Michael to to spit it into the microphone a few times, and it worked. Uh, with with the with the title with the title settled, Templeton wrote lyrics within a couple of hours. Uh, and he envisioned his spoken word sequence for the end of the song, but he did not know what what form it should take. It was decided to have the famous voice of the from the horror genre to perform it, and Jones's then wife Peggy Lipton suggested her friend Vincent Price. Yeah, Ca- just casually. Casually, just the yeah. Lady mm-hmm. sitting there, she's yeah. like, oh, you oh. know, I'm friends with Vincent Price. I'm yeah, sure the most famous like, horror icon. Oh, yeah, what? Okay. Coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Uh, it yeah. was fate. Yeah. Lastly, Temperton composed the words for Price's part in a taxi on the way to the studio 
on the day of the recording. (laughs) It's so funny to me because one of the things that stands out to me about Thriller and what used to creep me out about that song was that voice at the end of it. Darkness falls across the land. And like I was like, it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. And the video scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. (laughs) So to think that something that has had such a long-lasting impression on the world right. went through so many last-minute changes, you know, it's, right. it could have been, it, it may not have been the impact, it might have just been another Michael Jackson single, if it would have even become a single, if the words would have been, Starlight, uh, Starlight, Sun, <laughs> that, I, right. I mean, that'd work, uh, you know, um, like it, the song was written. Yeah. And the words was what got changed. So it, it could have been so much more different I, without I, the song and the video and Vincent Price just could have been a total. That is so crazy to me. I love stuff like that. I think that the title Midnight Man, I, I, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with Quincy Jones. Midnight Man was going in the right direction, but it wasn't there yet, you know. So Oh, yeah, we're, we're getting um, there. Like yeah. Michael's evolving. He's not yeah. the Jackson 5 disco star that we once knew. He's becoming his own person. He's becoming this pop icon. Yeah. And this is the album that did that for him. This thriller changed everything, not only for music in general, but for Michael Jackson. It just yeah. put him in a whole new direction. Thriller, the music video, when it came out, it just just set everything in motion that uh, went on to be Michael Jackson as we knew him. Yeah. And uh, and I think that it's the just album, so good. And I think that the album Thriller went double diamond or something, right? Yeah, yeah, like just incredible, man. Yeah. Um, I've got this. I've got this on vinyl. I told you know, like people are asking me about my vinyl collection and what what do what do you want? I was like, dude, I got to freaking get Thriller. Yeah. I've got to get Thriller. That classic album cover of Michael Jackson <clears> just <throat> hanging out on it. Just, I've got to have it. I've got to have it in my possession. So, um, I, I got I, had, I got it for Christmas. I'm so thankful. I had the um, the, I, I I had the Thriller album. But but uh, my version had the had the remixes of the songs that 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 that, that, that did with like Honey West and and like all all the different uh, pop stars and and um, yeah I, and I think it's like his his a twenty fifth anniversary edition or something I'm not sure but I have to rebuy yeah. it again because I don't know where it went to and yeah. um it wasn't until a couple years ago that uh, that uh, Thriller got knocked out. From being number one, it's now number two. I think because I yeah. think because I think when the Eagles out records did, it, I think it's the greatest hits record, <sighs> some some kind of Eagles record. Uh, so um, here's here's what I will say about that. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think that a greatest hits album deserves to no. knock something out of no. the top spot like that because. To me, that's kind of like cheating. Okay, why did people buy all these songs? Yeah, the Eagles had a lot of great songs, but how many of those people, if you ask them, that are just casual? uh, I mean, I'm not talking Eagles mega fans. I'm talking casual. Oh, yeah, I love Hotel California and things like that. Like, they couldn't name you what album those songs were on. Like, yeah, they want the greatest hits because it's all the hits. So I think that's kind of cheating, you know, like Thriller was its own album. It was, it was not a greatest hits album. Um, Even though Michael Jackson has had numerous greatest hits albums, it's Thriller was its own entity, you know? So in our hearts, Michael Jackson is like the top leader of them all. For sure. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so the notable covers, like like we said before, this cover, this song has been covered by uh, probably 
hundreds and thousands of oh yeah artists. this short little list is like nothing in comparison to how many times it's actually it's been not even one third of it. <laughs> right <laughs> you know all right so here we go the prodigy covered it uh mm -hmm. ben gibbard from the death cap for cutie band and the poster service band covered it mm -hmm. uh, i think it's goth minister and the Norwegian metal band of course yeah um Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy, great. Yep. Great. Uh, I guess he's a, a singer or guitarist. Uh, he's a singer. Okay. So he did like a mashup of all these Michael Jackson songs, like acapella. Oh wow! And uh, it was really cool. He's a big Michael Jackson fan. Um, yeah. And they do. They have a really good cover of "Beat It." Uh, that I was in a band one time that covered Fallout Boys. Fallout Boys cover of "Beat It." that um and fun fact so eddie van halen r.i.p yeah. um did the solo for beat it for michael jackson um and then whenever fallout boy did their cover john mayer did the guitar solo for their version mm. yeah wow um uh debbie demi lovato did it also uh mm -hmm. philip phillips can you explain to me who he is Yes, so Philip Phillips was on American Idol. Um, and if you don't know that name off the top of your head, he's the one that did that song, um, Gone, Gone, Gone. Yeah. Okay. Gone, Gone, Gone. Right. Um, so on that album, he's got a bonus track, and it's a acoustic, like, really cool, folky version of Thriller. Uh, that's re It's really good. Um, I would encourage everyone to go listen to that. And the, and, and, and the last band that we're going to talk about that did it is, uh, is Ice Nine Kills, my favorite yes. band as of recent. And I'm, yeah. and I'm trying to look up what album we came on, but I can't really it's, find it right now. It's, so it's on the Silver Screen album, but okay. it's, uh, it's like the deluxe, the final cut or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's yeah, a bonus yeah, yeah. track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had never heard it until today. I see. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the, um, and we were discussing that album, what, two weeks ago? And I was like, dude, this is amazing. And you're like, yeah, I've, I've yeah. known about this band for a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, the album came out like two years ago, I think. But right. they, you know, they did a, a bonus, a, a deluxe edition. Yeah called the final cut if if you don't know that band they're uh they're a hardcore uh metalcore band uh and uh they did a whole album inspired by horror movies right. of like the 80s and like every song is about a different horror movie so there's a you know texas chainsaw there's uh chucky uh the list goes on right yeah. Yeah. And, so, and then they did a cover of Thriller, and it is really, really good. Right. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what what what's the non again, it's it's the Silver Screen Final Cut bonus tracks, and it's track number fifteen. I got it right here. Yeah. Right here. So, cool. Yeah, cool. it's good, man. So. It's really good. Um, I would say that Thriller, not only as a Halloween song, just Thriller is probably one of my favorite songs ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, just everything about it. Uh, I love the intro, that little, you know, kind of groovy intro it's got. And then yeah. um, the the synth that kicks in and it sounds like it's straight out of a horror movie. Dun -dun. Right. And yeah. every time you hear that, it just sticks with you and it just is synonymous with Halloween. Uh, the bass line and that just grooves so much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the whole thing is good the the bridge is super catchy uh all the verses i love the lyrics in it um and 
the and then the music video yeah just you know and i i I listened to i think we might have talked about this before but there's a podcast about uh that does like uh um holiday specials um i think we talked about that maybe two weeks ago or something like that but uh there's a a direct or, or straight to uh tv whatever they call those uh animated film um called michael jackson's halloween yeah and uh I, I listened to this episode where they broke it down and I think you can find it on YouTube and you can watch it for free. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I like watched the scene where Michael Jackson appears and they do the thriller dance. And it's just, yeah. it's just crazy to me to think about just how much of an impact that song and that music video has had on pop culture. Well, would that be your, your, your favorite Halloween song? Oh yeah, for sure, okay. absolutely. Mine is Monster Mash, and, I, and, and Monster Mash, Monster Mash, still a great one. Yes. So everybody around the world loves Monster Mash except for Pam Beasley from The Office. Oh, Pam. 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 Dang Pam, it, Pam. Pam. Listen, just she's gonna have to get over that. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, just, Jim. Jim. Jim has some classic, some some very valid points. You but, can't. Um, no, you can't get rid of the mash, man. No, you can't. So. Pam, here's the you word. This is my favorite song of all time. So, uh, we thank you for listening in to episode 22 of this great, great podcast. Woo, um, the best. So, where could people find you, Mr. Blake? Um, you can find me on the uh, Twitter and on the Instagram. It's uh, Blake underscore Mosley, M O S E L E Y, extra E. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on there uh, pretty pretty much every day i'm um, trying to get better about my uh twitter um updates and involvement uh mm-hmm. sometimes i just fall off on twitter and just big algo days and I'm, <laughs> i get back on there and i'm like crap um, but i'm trying to be more involved um and uh you can also check out not religious podcast uh that i do with my uh brother-in-law brian um uh, we are hoping to do an episode this week, a special Halloween themed episode mm. on Christians who enjoy and celebrate Halloween right. and like paranormal and things like that. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully if everything goes as planned, we'll get that out this week. So right on, right on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you can find me at Facebook, James Andrew Cox, one Instagram, James Andrew Cox, zero one. And YouTube, James Andrew Cox zero one also, but mostly you can find our uh, when words fail at uh, Instagram with when words fail music speaks pod. Uh, Facebook is WWFMS podcast, and Twitter is when words fail MS. And you can always email us at when words fail podcast at gmail to request what we what you want to hear from us in the future. And you yeah. can go to our website. It's WWF. WW. Nope, that's wrong. Uh, it's <laughs> it's when words fail. Musicspeaks.com, and you can listen to all of our all of our episodes right there. If you can't find us on Apple Podcasts or you know anywhere you get your um, uh, podcast from, so yeah. there's a plethora of stuff you can get. Or, or you can listen to us through a many many multitude of ways. Yes, so, we're out there. We're out there, so go check out the YouTube. Uh, James does some really good 
video reactions and things like that. Um, and uh, I, let me ask you something. I had an idea. Yeah. Um, so have you have you ever seen the music video for Backstreet's Back by the Backstreet Boys? Uh, long time ago. Back, back, long back time in, ago? Back in M- M- MTV. Yeah. yeah. I think you should do a video reaction to that. Um, okay. For a Halloween-themed uh, video reaction for our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be fun. It's a, it's a, it's a classic one. Yeah. And you can talk about how much it terrified me as a child, and I wouldn't watch it for a number of years. Oh. Um, and that, go that, back and see how ridiculous that was. <laughs> Speaking of which, when are we going to get you on a YouTube channel? Uh, dude, hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, you, you know, gotta... things are so crazy. Um, hopefully I can get the drum shed up and running here and uh, I can get all that straight. I would love to do drum covers and incorporate that into uh, our uh, our YouTube channel. Maybe take requests or something. There you and go. Um, I had an idea of... Uh, doing something where like maybe like a song that i haven't listened to in forever or tried to play in forever just like doing like a really rough raw playthrough of it to see how much of it i could remember right um and uh who knows maybe something like that will work out here soon but uh once i can get my uh vinyl collection all together as well i would love to do some reviews of some vinyl oh that'd be great yeah yeah hopefully man i just want to get all that worked out i would love to get some nice equipment uh we were texting the other day about you know microphones and things and so i can do things like that yeah and uh but we'll we'll see hopefully soon cool man cool man well, yes oh it was great having this um uh chat with you about music yeah um, it's fun man i love um, i love doing this i love music and um this is uh this is something really fun that i like to do um mainly because uh so you guys only get like like little bits and pieces of these moments where I spurt out all this useless music knowledge. Um, my wife hears it all day long. So <laughs> she is, I'm sure she's sick of it. And uh, it's, uh, it's good for me to get that out of my system uh, and do it in podcast form because I love podcasting as well. So it just, it all kind of works out, man. This is, this has been see, a super fun thing to do. See, I always say that music heals everybody and it, and it cures stress. So if if I if, if I can take you away from your wife for an hour, I I yeah. I, I relieve her stress for an hour. So that makes me right. feel okay. So, love you, Ali. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, everybody have a safe and happy Halloween. I hope you enjoy yes. it. Um, take your kids out somewhere safe, like um like trunk or treats. I know churches are doing that all over the country right now. Yeah. It's very very safe. It's not. Uh, stay home yeah. and watch It'll be different. horror movies yeah. all day and, long. So. And here's the thing, man. Like, COVID has stopped a lot of things. You can't kill the spirit of Halloween. No. So even though things might be different this year, try to enjoy it as much as you can. Yes, sir. Um, this is a – it's a it, for those of us who love Halloween, it, it just – it can never truly die. Uh, and nope. uh, just uh, just try to enjoy it any way that you can. So. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. Bye. Ooh. Leo. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good Prince of Price laugh. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm working on it. You've been listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. Stay tuned for more, and thank you for listening.